Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're in the 10th chapter of Mark and focusing on verses 13 through 16. You've probably heard the term childlike faith, and this passage is certainly about that. Jesus rebukes his disciples for keeping children from approaching him. After all, Jesus was very important and very busy and didn't have time for the distractions of a child's attention, right? Wrong, according to Jesus. But beyond the rebuke, Jesus also teaches a lesson about faith and those who populate the kingdom of God. So what does childlike faith mean? Is it a biblical term? Is it required for salvation? These are all very important questions that Pastor Jim will answer as we listen in this week. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Faith Like Children. This is indicting Israel, and he says, You slaughtered my children and offered them up to idols by causing them to pass through the fire. Isn't it interesting? God doesn't say you sacrificed your children. You sacrificed my children. He counted them as His in spite of the despicable, indescribable wickedness and spiritual idolatry of their parents. Then there's Job. You know what happened to Job. Oh, awful stuff. He understood that the grace of God extends to those who die before reaching the point where they're accountable. He was suffering so intensely, he actually cried out that he wished he had been miscarried or stillborn so that he could be at rest with the Lord. It's in Job 3. Let me just read you seven verses there. Job 3, 11 through 17. Now, it's poetry in the Hebrew, so there's parallel sentences here, but you'll get the gist of it. He says, why did I not die at birth? Come forth from the womb and expire. Why didn't I die right at childbirth or even before that? Why did the knees receive me and why the breasts that I should suck? Why did my mother even keep me alive, he says. For now, I would have lain down and been quiet I would have slept with them. I would have been at rest with kings and with counselors of the earth who rebuilt ruins for themselves or with princes who had gold who were filling their houses with silver. Or like a miscarriage which is discarded, I would not be as infants that never saw light. There the wicked cease from raging. There the weary are at rest. It hurts so bad. He said, why couldn't I have just died before I grew up to face this. Well, then there's the clearest passage on the fact that those who die before they reach accountability actually go to be with the Lord. That's in 2 Samuel chapter 12. I know you know the story, even if you don't know the the reference. King David committed adultery with Bathsheba. It resulted in a pregnancy. He tried to cover his tracks by 
calling her husband, who was one of his generals, home from war to have him spend some time with his wife so that he could uh, make it look like uh, Uriah, her husband, was the father. But Uriah wouldn't cooperate. He was so loyal to the king. He said, no, I, I can't. I can't be here having uh, pleasure while my men are out there fighting your, your battles. And so when Uriah wouldn't cooperate, David arranged for Uriah to be sent back and then abandoned at the front and to be killed in battle. In other words, he arranged for Uriah's murder. Problem solved, right? Well, except for the omniscience of God. God exposed David's sin through the prophet Nathan, and through Nathan, God announced to King David that he was going to be spared, but the child of that union would die. The child was born. He languished for a week. During that week, David did nothing but fast and pray. Then the child died as promised, and his David's servants were afraid to even approach him. They thought, well, if he's this distraught now, what is he going to do when the child dies? But the child died, and David washed his face and asked for a meal to be served. And they asked him why he had done that. And look what David says in 2 Samuel 12, 22 and 23. He said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who knows, the Lord may be gracious to me that the child may live. He understood God to be a God of grace, and so he he prayed for that. But now he has died. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Someone once famously interpreted that to mean, I'm comforted that I can be buried in the same cemetery next to my son. What comfort is that? Uh, that, that, That's absurd. Then I've heard people say, well, it doesn't mean anything more than than he says, I can't bring him back from the dead, but I'm going to die someday. Wow, what a comfort that is. David, by God's grace, by God's revelation, in understanding God's compassion, he knew he would be reunited with his infant son, when he died. Now, what else do we know about David? He's famous for writing, among other things, Psalm 23, which ends with these words, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I'll I'll stand in God's grace while I live. And then he says, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, I told you how when you scratch just a little below the surface of our text, there's some pretty cool stuff here. Even though it looks so simple, this is included in God's Word to help reinforce what saving faith is like, like that of a little child, and to show God's astounding grace to children, and by extension, to children who die young. So, yes... Bring children to the Lord. Yes, have childlike faith. Verse 16, bless children. Verse 16 says, And he took them in his arms and began blessing them and laying his hands on them. And the other Gospels include and praying for them. Jesus pronounced blessing on those children that day and all such as these. What love. What 
What compassion, what kindness, and what insight into the mind of God and the great grace that He extends. Now, I'm not done with my keep thinking part. Keep thinking just a little more. First of all, let me, let me give a theological note that um, probably a half dozen people in the room will have a clue what I'm talking about. That's okay. Uh, notice, if you will, when Matthew records this incident, he says, this is how you get into the kingdom of heaven. When Mark and Luke used to record this incident, they use the phrase, kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are interchangeable terms. Jesus used them both equally. So, Don't pay attention to the mistaken notion that the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are somehow different. There are some ultra-dispensational interpreters who really whiff on that one and make a mountain out of a molehill when there isn't even a molehill. There's just nothing there. Now, if you have no idea what an ultra-dispensationalist is, fine. You can get to heaven without that and I won't bother you with it. Now, notice... The kingdom of God belongs to, what are the three words? Such as these. I'm looking at friends whom I have every reason to believe, know, and love Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you, this text is in the Word of God because there could be somebody here. Maybe this is the 1,952nd time you've come to church and heard the Word of God, and maybe you're not trusting God in the way that a newborn trusts his parents. If so, the kingdom doesn't belong to you. You're not there. And today is the day for you to be converted and to come as a child before the Lord. And then, do you understand that special grace for children and babies until they're able to consciously accept or reject Jesus Christ? I don't know everybody's story at this level, but it's almost impossible to be with a group this size and be talking to no one who has lost a child. It might have been through miscarriage, might have been through Infant death, sudden infant death syndrome. It could have been by accident. could have been the result of an awful illness or a birth defect. could even have been, and I've done funerals, a child that was murdered. could have been murdered outside the womb or could have been murdered by abortion within the womb. I don't want to bring up your most painful memories, but... I think the Lord just did. I have a word for you. Rejoice. Rejoice. Despite that indescribable, gut-wrenching, sleep-robbing, tear-jerking pain, that child is with the Lord. And this text is here to make sure that you can say what David said. I will go to him or her. Now, notice that when Jesus said the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, I think that this passage is equally important for what it does not say. Notice, Jesus did not mention their faith. Why? 
because that's a moot point for those that haven't developed the ability to reason and think and make a moral decision. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.